Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We're very glad you've joined us today. We can promise you this will be most interesting. We're talking with Robert Ferguson, CFA, co-founder and chief investment officer at Benchmark Plus Management. And he speaks to us from their headquarters in Tacoma, Washington. Robert, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thanks for having me, Charlie. So, Robert, uh, you've got an MBA from Horton. Uh, You spent 30 years uh, in investment management and financial futures trading, 20 of those years as a co-founder and CIO there at Benchmark Plus. Uh, Prior to that, you were the director of the pension fund investments for Weyerhaeuser Corporation, managing about $1 billion in assets under management. So uh, give us a brief background of yours and of Benchmark Plus, will you? Sure. As early as grade school, I wanted to be a pro basketball player. Oh, okay. And and where was this? This was in Corvallis, Oregon. Corvallis, Oregon. And so I gave basketball my best shot, but I realized I had a much higher probability becoming a CFA than a point guard for the Lakers. (laughs) Okay. So I started off by reading every single book I could find in the school library about investments then every book in the public library, then the university library. Then I took classes at the University in Investments when I was in high school. By the time I was a senior in high school, I'd earned enough money mowing lawns to open up a brokerage account and trade stocks. Just by pure luck, I started investing in stocks at the bottom of the bear market in 1974, and I made enough money to finance my college education. Wow, Price congratulations. Few, few people can say that. Uh, that. That is great, Robert. Keep, keep going. Well, more, more luck than uh, skill, I'd have to say, in that particular instance. So my, my first job after I graduated from college was at, uh, at Warehouser in their information systems division. And I worked as a computer programmer, helping to prepare the financial statements, and worked on a few projects where we acquired other firms, but I really wanted to be purely in investments, so I went to um, Wharton School for an MBA. After graduate school, I landed a job at First Chicago Investment Advisors, which is now Brinson Partners, where I became their Futures and Options Specialist, which was not where I was hired to do, but yeah, I kind of created that position. And that was in 1982 when stock index futures were just starting to trade. Right. Uh, so it's how Often the case in new markets, there's a lot of opportunities, and I figured out some interesting ways to make money with uh, futures using the January effect or profiting from unwinding of index arbitrage positions on the street or calendar spread arbitrage. And kind of incidentally, I ran across a warehouser pension fund. It was brand new. And I recruited him as a client to First Chicago and did a bunch of very interesting things in futures and options with him. He had just started running the pension fund. He had a mandate to turn the fund into a world-class pension fund. And he had the flexibility to do just about anything, which is very rare in the pension world. 
And within a few months, he had recruited me to return back to Warehouser to help him achieve that goal. And we succeeded in spades. You know, after my first year at Warehouser, the pension fund was consistently uh, among the top performing pension funds in the U.S. In fact, according to the pension investments, Warehouser was the top performing pension fund in the decade of the 90s. Well, congratulations. So we did this. Yeah, we, we succeeded by disaggregating the returns into alpha and beta. So on the alpha side, Warehouser was one of the first institutional investors to invest in hedge funds, and that was in the mid-'80s. Uh, hedge funds had the capacity to generate tons of alpha, unlike any other institutional investment. On the beta side, I knew from my derivatives experience that I could manipulate the systematic risk through the use of futures and options. And so that freed us to look for alpha wherever we could find it without having to allocate X percent stocks and Y percent bonds. So I used the futures to change the systematic risk so that we'd look just like the average pension fund. And we'd have the same standard deviation. We'd have a very high correlation to the average pension fund. While the underlying investments produced a lot of alpha because they were in, in unusual off-the-run alpha-producing strategies, but which and that looked nothing like uh, the average pension fund investment. So in 1998, we started Benchmark Plus with a very similar methodology. We identified hedge funds we believed were most likely to produce alpha. We hedged out the systematic risk via derivatives, leaving a market-neutral return. So a market-neutral return can be divided into T-bill and alpha. We use the alpha portion of the return to port into other indices, such as the S&P, the Russell, Treasury bonds, and gold. And then we use the futures to replicate those betas. You know, I don't know how much I followed of that, Robert, but it all sounds logical and appropriate and obviously, uh, at least at various times, has worked well. You mentioned derivatives several times. That that can be a four-letter or dirty word for many people. What misconceptions do you find are common about derivatives by, by many investors? Well, it, it, is a, it can be a two-edged sword, right? So deliveries are usually very leveraged, and they can be used for reckless speculation. However, they can be very, very efficient, very liquid, very low cost, and can be used for hedging portfolios or creating precise risk desired by investors. So at Benchmark, we use the derivatives as part of our disciplined risk control process, not for making market bets, which is something that if you if you leverage market bets, it can get you into trouble very quickly. Uh, we all know about that. So, so how difficult is it to hedge out risk in a portfolio? I mean, yeah, we've had close to 300 interviews here, and that's something that people rarely say that, that they can do. Well, it's, it's not too hard in conventional portfolios because the conventional portfolio has a pretty much a static risk profile. With hedge funds, you're right, it is very difficult because hedge funds can do basically anything they want on, on, with no uh, transparency. So they can be long, they can be short, they can be have betas to different uh, risk indices. 
So what we do is we try to understand exactly what risks are in each hedge fund portfolio. We make sure that the manager understands what we're doing and why we're doing it. We spent millions of dollars on systems that help us disaggregate uh, betas and isolate alphas. And the, the people, our firm, are all senior people. There are no fresh MBAs. They've all had experience with uh, real-life experience in the hedge fund world, or trading derivatives or in portfolio management. So they can qualitatively understand the risk and build models to quantitatively capture the systematic risk at any point in time. So are you guys, uh, let's step back just a little bit, and then this may not even be an appropriate question. Uh, are you guys both long and short often? And, and is that part of your market neutral approach? Uh, do you short stocks? Do, do, do you, let, let, let's start with this. Do you invest in markets or in stocks? So what we primarily invest in are hedge funds. And hedge funds are uniquely positioned to generate alpha because they don't have to have a benchmark. If you look at a conventional manager, they have a mandate to uh, beat a particular benchmark usually. Right. And they're R-squared to that benchmark or they're how, how closely they follow that benchmark can be like 0.9, which means that 90% of the variation of their returns can be explained by the variation of returns to the index. So that means that only like 10% of their risk is allocated towards alpha. With hedge funds, they don't have a benchmark. They can use a, not 10% of their, their capital to focus on alpha, but 100%. Okay. So... We use hedge funds uh, to isolate the alpha in the hedge funds, and we try to hedge out all the betas that are in hedge funds. Okay. Well, the, 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 this, is, uh, this is very interesting stuff. We need to take a quick break here. When we come back, uh, let's talk about fees. Uh, Wall Street Journal writes about them in regards to hedge funds every single day, I think. And uh, we've seen the exit of many hedge funds. We've seen uh, price uh, uh, compression on uh, charts from hedge funds. So let, let's talk about that, how you guys handle that, and how you see it in the industry. Again, we're talking with Robert Ferguson, CFA, co-founder and chief investment officer at Benchmark Plus Management, Tacoma, Washington. And uh, this is Charlie Wright. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio, and we'll be right back. All right, time for the tip of the week. Charlie, what do you have? Paul, today we've got a tip of the week for advisors. We're talking with Troy Weingarner of Advisor Financing. They finance independent RIAs. So, Troy, uh, we've heard that there are a third of all advisors are over 60. And I heard recently at a conference that there are more CFPs over 70 than there are under 30. So this is a prime time over the coming few years for people to really start selling their practice. Typically in the past, the preferred method has been SBA. Is that still the case today? 
there is a tremendous demographic shift going on with retiring advisors. And yes, that has been the, the typical choice of SBA lending. But frankly, SBA lending doesn't work well in the financial advisory industry. Uh, you can't do partial, partial buyouts. So a junior buying a senior. It's very limited. The terms are not advisor-friendly, generally higher rates. Generally, you have to secure it with your home or residence. The good news is, Charlie, we have conventional lending in the marketplace. We've been able to bring conventional lending with better terms, better rates to the marketplace. Okay, so for those who would like to know more here, Troy, where can they go? Sure. Our website is advisorfinancingllc.com. We have a lot of information and a program overview for our lending program. Okay, very good. Troy, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. All right, back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Robert Ferguson, CFA, co-founder and chief investment officer at Benchmark Plus Management. Let's step back a little bit. So you are a hedge fund, and you guys invest through other hedge funds, correct? Correct. Okay. And uh, you do that with a market-neutral approach where you hedge out the risk through derivatives. Is that a good basic description? That's right. We, we look at risk in four different dimensions, equity betas, interest rates, credit, and volatility. So we try to evaluate each of our underlying managers within each of these categories. So our goal is to have the same expectation of return for our portfolio if the market's up 20% or down 20%, or if interest rates are increasing or decreasing, or credit is contracting or expanding, or we're in a higher low volatility markets. Okay. Our philosophy is it's really difficult to time macro factors. We can't time markets or interest rates with any degree of consistency, so we don't attempt to do so. We neutralize those factors and focus on the things that are easier for us to predict. Got it. Okay, it's, it's becoming more clear here. So um, in, in talking, I understand that uh, your minimum investment is a million dollars, correct? Correct. Okay, and uh, so the fees, uh, let's start talking about the fees here. Uh, the typical fee structure in a hedge fund is going to be 2% annually plus 20% of the growth. So what is typically referred to as 2 and 20. Uh how do you structure your fees, and how do you see the fees of the industry? So, first of all, we agree that in general, hedge fund fees are high. Ideally, we believe investors should pay only on standard fees um, when their alpha is produced. So, you, you should investors should only pay on the value added. So, but when you break down a hedge fund performance, you find a significant portion of the return, sometimes 100% or more, is coming just from the betas or the systematic factors. Right. And investors shouldn't pay any incentive fee for, uh, for, for market returns. Correct. In fact, as part of our hedging protocol, we actually hedge out incentive fees stemming from the betas of our underlying managers. Good. So our own incentive fees are only on alpha. All right. The return above the benchmark. Even even our market neutral fund has a as a benchmark, which is the three month treasury bill. Well that that's very interesting. Gotta hand it to you. I haven't heard that from uh <laughs> other uh <clears throat> people in, in uh the industry here and with hedge funds. So uh 
got to hand it to you for coming up with, with that approach. Uh, so you've been in uh, the industry for over 30 years here. Uh, tell us, what difference do you see in the asset management business uh, over the past 30 years? So, uh, as I said, we, we first started investing, I first started investing in the mid-80s. And back then, it was hard to find hedge funds. Uh, they weren't advertised. There were no databases. You had to just discover them through word of mouth and contacts with, uh, you know, people on Wall Street. Now, you know, but back then, most hedge funds did produce alpha. There weren't that many of them. So there were, say, a couple hundred when I was back, back, back in the mid-'80s. Now today, there are thousands and thousands of hedge funds. It's, it's easy to find them. You know, yeah, I get there are 8,500 of them. 8,500 hedge funds. Or more, yeah. And there are databases of them. There are conferences. It's easy to find them. But now the trick is to find managers that produce alpha consistently. Most, most hedge funds now, we, the way we look at them, when we take out the betas, they don't produce any alpha net of their fees. So you have to go through some sort of a dynamic benchmarking process like our own to figure out which ones have produced alpha and which ones haven't. Very interesting. So a question we'd like to ask all of our guests here, Robert, what keeps you awake at night? Well, I try to design a process that maximizes our chance of success by focusing on factors that are forecastable with some certainty and not unreliable macro predictions. So I I don't have to worry about the markets going up or down or anything that's out of my control directly. So for, my, for our approach to work, and you know, we've been in it for 20 years, and assuming we don't do too badly this December, 19 of those years have been very successful. We only need to find managers who return none of their hedges outperform the T-bill. That's our basic job, and that is a lot easier than trying to find managers that outperform the S&P. So I'm pretty confident we could do that. I sleep pretty well at night. Well, great to hear. Congratulations. Not, not all of us uh, can say that. Here. <laughs> a second bo- uh, question we'd like to ask all of our guests, uh, Robert, is what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? It sounds like you, you had read most of them uh, by the time you were graduated from high school. <laughs> most of them that were available. Right. Uh, so one of the best books I've read, which was uh, definitely written since I've been, I graduated from high school, was the same Tlaib's book, Fooled by Randomness. It's called the, the Hidden Role of Chance in Life and in the Markets. So it's very easy for people to believe that something was caused by skill, but in reality it was just a matter of luck. And hedge funds in particular Ones that have good numbers, which there's so, as you said, there's 8,500 hedge funds or more. Some of those are going to have good numbers just by luck. And they're very good at crafting a story of why the performance is due to skill and is repeatable when, in fact, chance plays a big result, a big uh, factor in their results. You know, one of the uh, favorite sayings of mine is uh, never confuse genius with a bull market. And, exactly. uh, and I read uh, Black Swan by uh, that same author, and I would recommend uh, his books to anybody, but you better, you're going to need a, uh, 
a dictionary by your side to read uh, any of his books. I tell you, he has one heck of a vocabulary. I, 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 fooled by randomness is is a much better book than the, the Black Swan. But, oh, okay. Well, glad so to hear that. I, I'd urge you to read that one. <clears throat> glad to hear that. So tell us, uh, I provide your website and contact information for those who would like to know more here, Robert. So it's www.bpfunds.com, boypaulfunds.com. Or you can call me at 253-573-0657, extension 111. Or my email is R. Ferguson at bpfunds.com. Very good. Thank you very much. So final words for our listeners here, Robert. So finding Alpha is, is more challenging than it's ever been in my career. Uh, there are ample places to look in thousands of funds trying to capture it. But an investor doesn't even know if they found a manager producing Alpha unless they can benchmark them have the systems and structure to capture it. You know, Benchmark Plus, we attempt to isolate alpha that the hedge funds produce and package in a way that investors want, which is Benchmark Plus return. Robert, thank you very much. We appreciate that and our best wishes for the continued success and hope of, of Benchmark Plus. And hopefully December is not a bad month and that you continue to have uh, strong returns. So we appreciate you joining us here today, Robert. Thank you. Thanks very much, Charlie. Again, we've been talking with Robert Ferguson, CFA, co-founder and chief investment officer at Benchmark Plus Management out of Tacoma, Washington. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. And we'd love to hear from you. Info at strategicinvestorradio.com. Uh, send us a message and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host, Charlie Wright, or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing. <laughs>